Amen. Good evening. How's everybody tonight? Yeah? Everybody good? Excited? Ready to receive? Amen. I'm ready to give. I'm ready to give the word. So, I had another really good word on righteousness that I had really prepared. And during worship, I just, gosh, I just kept thinking about this other passage and this other thing I was going to preach. And God told me to preach. And so, you know, it's amazing when you, when you live your life for God's Word, and that Word changes you, and that Word speaks to you, 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 you draw, uh, Isaiah 12 says that, he said to, to draw out of the well of salvation, from the depth of the well of salvation, we're to draw from that. And the well of salvation that is at our disposal is everything that God wants humanity to have. And tonight, God wants me to share something with you that I, I know it's a part of me. And, I'm, and, I, and I feel like I just need to make this point tonight. And I'm going to share something with you that's going to challenge you because he wants me to share it. I mean, the other word I had, it, it was good and it was prepared and I was ready to deliver it. But God has something else to say. And you have to listen to that. And it, it's not like, you know, you study and you do something and, and then God changes his mind every other day. He's not schizo, you know. And, and, but, but there are times when he wants to say something. And part of it is he is challenging me to share something that I didn't necessarily, quote, prepare for. And also... When it's a now word and it's what he wants shared, it'll do something in you in, in such a supernatural way that's even higher than other words are. And, and, and I, I don't totally understand that all the time, but I just know that when God wants to say something and we open our ears to receive it, it's amazing what it will do for you like right now. Like right now, tonight tomorrow, the next day, and the next day. It'll do amazing things for you. So, if you have your Bible, all the scriptures I gave you, sorry, just hold on to those and we'll preach it next Wednesday. You hope. So I'm going to look at John 14. Actually, I think I'm going to only preach out of John 14. I think that's all I'm going to preach. So if you want to scramble around back there and find John 14, you can. Um, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for revelation. We thank you for your word and the depth of your word. There's such a depth in your word. And I thank you, Father, for it speaking to your people tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. 
and amen. Um, So in verse 1 of John 14, Jesus makes this statement. He said, let not your heart be troubled about anything. Don't be troubled in your heart about anything. That's what he said. And I don't know about you, but there's, there's... well, I do know about you because I know all about I know about humanity, and there's a lot of things to be troubled about. There's a lot of things in the natural that you could be troubled about. It's people that could trouble you, situations, jobs, family members, you know, just all kinds of things that could trouble. The government can trouble you, you know. I mean, there's just all kinds of trouble out there. But he said, "Let not your heart be troubled." Notice. He didn't say your mind. He said your heart. And I, I, I want to I do something with what I'm going to share tonight in a little bit different way than I've ever taught this before. But I have a message that I taught a whole series a number of different times. I preach it in different places called Holy Spirit the Help. The Helper. And <clears throat> when we were in worship tonight, what I kept hearing was God telling me to explain in, in, in a little bit of detail in the time that we have the difference between your head and your heart. And there's a difference. There's a difference between your head and your heart. I'm going to say it again. There's a difference between your head and your heart. And he said, let not your heart be troubled. So why didn't he say your head? Why didn't he say your head? Let not your head be troubled. Your mind be troubled. Don't let your mind be troubled. Well, the truth of the matter is, you can hear somebody give you some kind of information, and that information hits your head, and trouble can grip you. Is that not right? Someone come along and tell you that, uh, somebody call you on the phone and they say, you know what, we're, gonna, we're coming to repossess your house. Well, I'm not going to be troubled. Yeah, you are. Yeah, your head will be troubled. But he said, let not your heart be troubled. Somebody may come to you and, you know, tell you that somebody you thought liked you decides to tell you they don't like you. All of a sudden... Your heart is troubled. And God says, let not your heart be troubled. Your head will be troubled, but don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it go from your head to your heart. And the way that you stop it from going to your heart is allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal to you in the moment what truth is. That's why you need help. Say it, I need help. Amen. Well, God took care of that. He gave you a helper. He gave you help. Holy Spirit is the help. He's the real help. And He will help in every situation if we allow Him to. So your mind, your mind, many times will scream out 
trouble, 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 trouble. Man, that's trouble. Somebody challenges you about something and you don't like it. Sometimes you can be troubled in your head when if there were other issues not in your heart, you wouldn't be troubled in your head. See, someone may come along and challenge you about something that's not right in your life and you don't like that, and so all of a sudden it's, this trouble's going off in your head because it's in your heart. That's why I said don't let your heart be troubled. So I believe in this, really in this whole chapter right here, I believe that God reveals to us about not having trouble in our heart. And, and, and it's twofold because it has to do with our head, but it has to do with what we allow that comes to our head, what we, where we allow that to go. The Bible's real clear, when you get trouble in your head, cast it out. Amen? Bring every thought captive, every thought in your head captive to the obedience of Christ. In other words, to what's right in God. Bring every single thought in your head into captivity. Give it no place. The Bible says in 1 Peter, cast every care. Cast it. Cast it onto Him. Let God take care of issues or things that come to you because He's better at it. Well, so how do we cast something on Him? Well, I'm just going to let God take care of it. No, 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 no. That's not casting any care. That's called bailing from the situation. Well, I'm just, I'm just going to leave it with God. Yeah? Well, <laughs> and, and God's going to watch it, you know, but He's not going to do anything with it because you're not doing anything. See? Remember, and you've heard me say this if you've been around here at all when we've talked about this, God is a helper, He's not an enabler. So, so He's not going to enable you to stay lazy and not do some of the things that you need to do from your head to your heart, but He's going to help you to overcome the situations when they come to your head. Because the Bible doesn't say things, bad things don't come to our head. Bible is very clear that stuff comes to our head, but we don't have to receive it. And if we learn to cast it, and we learn to take authority over it, and bring it into captivity, then we have the power to guard and protect our heart, because when your heart is right, and there's not trouble in your heart, then your heart will overcome the trouble that's in your head. And that's the thing that we've got to focus on. That's what we're going to just talk about in the next few minutes tonight. I'm going to say it again. If you build inside of you revelation of the Word of God, and there's not trouble in your heart, when there's peace in your heart, then it'll overcome the trouble that's in your head. And you'll learn how to, to stop things before they progress. Because you give it no place. Why? Because you have the peace and the assurance of what God's will is. And that's what the Holy Spirit came to do. So let's, uh, I'm going to kind of jump around in, in, this, in this chapter, and I want you to look at this. Verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. 
Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another what? Helper. I like what the Amplified, how the Amplified defines that word helper. He said, I will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, an advocate or an attorney, a strengthener, one that stands by you, that he may remain with you forever and ever and ever. You know, you and I face things at times that we've never confronted before. Every time some new situation in your life comes your way that you've never faced before, what Jesus is saying here is that what He sent for us is what was in Him. There are a number of things that Jesus said about His life. Number one, I only do those things that I hear from my Father. How did He hear from His Father? Through the Holy Spirit, the one that helped Him. And so I'm going to leave the guy, the, the guy because the Bible calls the helper, the Holy Spirit, a person. He, the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to leave this guy to live inside of you, and he'll help you the same way he's helped me. And I'll tell you what, when you look at Jesus' ministry in his life, he didn't accomplish everything that he accomplished because he was the Son of God. He accomplished everything that he accomplished because the helper of the Holy Spirit was in him. He did absolutely nothing in the form of miracles until he was baptized in the River Jordan and the Holy Spirit came upon him and, came and, and, and resided on the inside of him. And once the Holy Spirit came in him in three years of ministry, the, the Bible says there's not records, there's not books enough that we, that, that we can compile all the things that he did in three years. Why? Because he had help. He didn't do it on his own. God's saying to you tonight is He doesn't want you to do things and try to accomplish things in life on your own. You have a helper, the Holy Spirit. And He's here for one purpose, and He's to help you, to stand by you, for you to be confident in His ability in your life no matter what comes to your head. And I just tell you this, you know, when I experience new situations that I've never been in before, things that happen in my life that, that I've never experienced the more I revert and, and acknowledge and yield to the person of the Holy Spirit inside of me and to what His wisdom is, the more I do that, the more I become accustomed to handle any new thing that comes my way. No matter what I face, what I battle, it doesn't matter what it is. There's all kinds of new things. You know, I've, I've lived on planet earth for a for a fairly decent period of time and in the last two or three years there's just been this sense that there's that that our nation has taken a different turn anybody sense that just me i feel like our nation this country has taken a shift and a turn and there's a there's an unsettled there's an unsettledness in our, in our nation today there's something that just doesn't fit or just doesn't seem right like it did a number of years back. But as I've prayed and, and as I've prayed in the Holy Spirit, 
what the Holy Spirit continues to reveal to me where my focus is today. My focus isn't on the, un, the unsettledness. My focus is not on, on, you know, ugly or bad things that are going on, even though I'm confronted with bad things or, or issues or situations come my way. But where my focus is, is on what He tells me. And you know what He keeps saying to me? The harvest is ripe. There's a harvest of people out there everywhere we go. The harvest is ripe. He keeps saying to me, don't focus on yourself. I've got you covered. He keeps telling me, I'm here to help you. And if you'll do, if you, if you will yield yourself to my will and you'll let me use you the way I want to use you in the earth, I'll do anything for you. Would God say something like that? Yeah. Yeah. God wants... God wants His blessings that are already set up for you and I to come on us and overtake us. But the blessings can't flow to us so that we can be a blessing if we're not focused and listening to His voice in how to be a blessing to people. It, it, it just won't, it won't work that way. We're not going to focus on ourselves and just be about ourselves all the time and God's blessings come on us and overtake us so we can stay about ourselves. Holy Spirit is not talking to you about you. I mean, He'll reveal things to you personally. But for the most part, the Holy Spirit is here to reveal to us truth about how to be a blessing, how to be there for other people. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Don't let your heart be troubled in the things that you see. Stay focused on me and look for the ripe opportunities that are everywhere around you. Because I'll tell you what, the more you're focused on being a blessing to other people, the more things get met in your life. The more needs get met in your life. And that's what God's, that, that's what God's continuing to speak to us. He said, I, I will pray in verse 16, I will pray the Father and He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. He said, the Spirit of truth, the Helper, whom the world cannot receive, they can't see it or, nor understand Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. After Jesus accomplished what He accomplished, then the Holy Spirit dwelled in them. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Holy Spirit, the Helper, is here in us, and yet the world can't see Him. They don't understand Him. They don't know how He operates. But He's on us, and He lives in us. And if the Holy Spirit is in us, and He's here to help us, then there should be no reason that we need help in life with other things because of the Holy Spirit. Well, yeah, we all need help. We need help. We need each other, and, and God made it that way. But ultimately, what He wants is for you to gain and draw your help from Him. Because I'm telling you, He's got the answers. He's got what you and I need. Now, look a, few, a, a, a page over, or it is in my Bible, towards the end of the chapter. In verse 25, 
And he said, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. He will teach you everything, and he will bring to remembrance all things that were said. Think about what you need on a day-to-day basis. He will teach you, he will reveal himself, and in the moment he will bring to your remembrance the things that he's already said. That's how the Holy Spirit is here to help us. Again, he's not here to do it for us. Holy Spirit is here to help. He, he won't raise your children for you, but he'll help you raise your kids, right? He, he won't get you out of a tough financial situation, you know, just by himself, but he'll help you to get out of that, but he'll help you to remain free of it. You know, he, he, won't, he won't just deliver us from situations. He'll help us out of those situations so we can remain free of those situations. Why? So that we can help other people in the same way. Notice here something that's interesting about this. It said, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that He said. How, how, how many different times you find yourself in front of people in, in maybe strange situations and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will bring something to you. If you've never had that happen to you, where the Holy Spirit brings you something to you to say to someone else that they would need in a moment, God wants you to begin to hear His voice in that way, and He wants you to develop that, because so often people will come with troubled situations, and what the first verse said, let not your heart be troubled, if the Word is in you and you're hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, when other people bring trouble in their voices and, and, and in their conversation, you're able to help rise up and help them overcome the trouble. But if you've got trouble in you and you're not listening to the voice of the Spirit, then what happens is trouble overtakes you in your heart. Let not your heart be troubled. Trouble will come to your head, but as we learn to take authority over that and, and we learn to build this protective casing in, on the inside of us, we frame our worlds by the Word of God. When, when something that you need in a given situation, your head's not telling you what that is, your heart will reveal it. Your heart will divulge the information that you need to be set free or to help someone else to be delivered and set free of a situation. Having a conversation with someone that doesn't know or understand you know, how things are and how things go in, in life. Listen, God has given us and blessed us with all the revelation of heaven. Everything that is God's will, God has given to us. And the Holy Spirit is here to help us, to reveal to us what the answers are to help other people. I tell you what, as long as I live... As long as I'm on planet earth, I will be here to help disciple people and see the great commission fulfilled so that people don't start out one way and end another way. I, I had a, I was uh, gone this last weekend uh, doing a, a memorial service for my mother. And uh, 
I did part I did the last part of the service and we're in a little small little uh, rock church building at a at a funeral home in Dallas and I don't know how many, how many people were in there 150 maybe or something like that something like that and from all different walks of life and and uh, <clears throat> and and I was I, I'd ask God so so what, what do you what do you want me to share I, I want I want to hear what you want me to say I don't want to just say something that's not going to minister life to them well you know I could I could spend you know five or six or seven hours going through the Bible and trying to put pieces together and this seems like it would fit in a funeral and this seems like it would be good for this group of people and this seems like it would be good and this seems like it would be good but the Bible says the way it seems right that's not right and so I drew from the Holy Spirit the help and he helped me to say what needed to be said in 12 minutes and I shared this little story I just I was thinking tonight that I was going to share this little story with you but I shared this little story about my mom that really has brought a challenge to me for the rest of my life. In 1952, my mom was in a Billy Graham crusade in Albuquerque, New Mexico. She was 17 years old, and she, um, she was a churchgoer. But in a lot of mainline denomination, other than Baptist in those days, um, at least in the world that they lived in and my family lived in they didn't teach born again they went to church but they didn't teach born again and so my mom went to this Billy Graham crusade and she went to the front at the Billy Graham crusade and, and asked Jesus into her heart and she went back to the church that she attended and you know the people didn't have the revelation but they told her, the pastor at that church told her that, uh, that you know, that, that, that's just emotionalism. You just got stirred up and, and emotional. And uh, that'll wear off, and in a few weeks you'll be back to normal. And uh, I didn't know that until the mid-90s. And my mom and I had some real struggles because of her lifestyle and things that she went through. She and I had some real struggles she left my dad when I was about 10, 11 years old, and I just, I had some real attitude and actually hatred and things toward her. And after I got born again when I turned 18 years old, that didn't change. I mean, I, I tried to change it, but it just didn't leave. So a number of years later in the early 90s, I, I met my mom one day, and I met her in another town, and we met in a hotel room, and we spent 24 hours together working through these issues and that day she told me that the two most impacting days of her life were the day she married my dad and the day that she accepted Jesus at the Billy Graham crusade so this last Saturday at this service I shared that and because of 
a lot of her lifestyle and things and people that she had been around because there had been no discipleship in her life. Nobody had taught her what born again really meant, even though she got born again and it was real to her because of what Billy Graham invited her to receive in Jesus. It was real to her. No one taught her after that. And um, so from that day in the early 90s until 2006, my whole relationship with her changed. And it was forgiveness and, and our, our, our relationship just got connected. And um, in 2006, she came to visit my family. And she, uh, we, were, we were sitting out in, on the front porch of my house, not the house we live in now, the other house we lived in. And we were sitting on the swing, and she, she said to me, she said, you know, I want to know, I want to feel that feeling I felt when I was 17 years old. Something happened to me, and I've never felt that again. And she said, I believe that it's true. And, you know, she always, she always had a Bible around in her life. I didn't know this for a lot of years. She always talked about Scripture and those kind of things. And in 2006, on my front porch, she and I talked for about two hours, and I was able to pray with her where she recommitted her life to Jesus. And she got born again. And I was able to tell this group of people that whether you believe in what born again is or not, I'm telling you that I believe it. And so today I believe that my mom, she's not here today, but she's in heaven because I prayed with her to receive what nobody helped her to understand. And I thought that day as I was talking to these people, there were so many people in this little church that weren't born again. And I had so many opportunities after the service to talk to these different people. And I thought, I thought to myself, you know, all these people need, all they need is a little help. <laughs> all they need is a little bit of revelation of the fact that there's a helper out there that's available to them, that's available to all of mankind, that will literally help you to overcome all of the failures and the issues and the things in your life and help you to get on top. And, and that day when I left that, on last Saturday when I left that little church, I just made a stronger commitment than I've ever had of making sure that everything that I do is not just about encouraging people, but it's about discipling people. Because that was the Great Commission. What Jesus put us on this planet for was the Great Commission to make sure that people became not just, not just born again, but that they became true disciples of Jesus Christ, that they understood who he was and what he did for them and, and understood the power that lived on the inside of them and what they could do with it and how they could help people. And that's what we're here for, you know? Every one of you here tonight, you're empowered with the helper on the inside of you. And, and, and the helper has empowered you to deliver good to others. And, and many times... We don't feel like the enemy will come and try to lie to you that, you're, that you, you're, not, you're not qualified to help other people. You're not qualified to speak the word and to pray with someone else and to lead someone else and to encourage someone else. But man, I'm telling you, it's the biggest lie that hell has ever delivered to mankind that we're disqualified because of mistakes. 
God so loved the world that he did what? He gave the best of heaven to ransom you and I and deliver us and set us free. I'm telling you today, you're qualified. Say it, I'm qualified. Come on, say it like you mean it. I'm qualified. Put your fist up in the air. I'm qualified. I'm qualified. You're empowered. And look what the Holy Spirit gave you. Look what Jesus said. Peace. I leave with you. My peace. I give to you. Not like the world gives. Uh uh. What did he say? Same thing he said in the first verse. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You know how many times that fear tries to stop you from hearing the voice of the helper? And, and yet, help is available right now. It's, help is available for you right this minute. I don't care what you face or how, well, you know, that's, a, that's an insignificant. No, no, there's nothing insignificant. Because everything has a beginning of a journey where the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you and you'll become that much more confident what God will do and what He'll say and what, he'll, what He will create for you because He's jealous for mankind. He needs you because He needs the rest of the world. But he, he wants you because He loved you if you were the only one. I'm going to say it again. He loved you like you were it. Like you were the only one. If, if it would have just been for you, He'd have sent His only Son. But He needs you because He wants the rest of the world. And I'll just tell you right now. The more we try to figure this thing out on planet earth by ourselves, or we try to work it out with all the inquiring minds and all the intelligence and everything else on planet earth, the more we try to do that, the less we revert to the helper and his wisdom. Because 1 Corinthians 1 says that his wisdom and the wisdom that comes from him is not like the wisdom of the world. And the wisdom of the world says one thing, but the wisdom of God says always says something else. It's like the difference between night and day. And if that's true, if that's really true, that the difference in the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God is like between night and day, then I, 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 I want to rid myself of all the wisdom of the world. And the more I do that, the way I do that is to, is, is to yield to what the Holy Spirit is saying in a moment. And, I, and I'm just using this, this example from this past weekend. But how many people's lives do you think were affected because I delivered a small little message that the Holy Spirit told me to give? How often can you get unborn-again people to listen to a born-again message? How often can you get that many, not just non-born-again people, but people that really have attitude against born-again? And then all of a sudden, they didn't know what I was going to say. And here they are held captive. I've got them there. I mean, I, it was, I, I felt I was looking out, and they were in handcuffs. 
and only because my mom passed. And they couldn't move. And they had to hear what I had to say. And what I had to say, wouldn't you say, was non-religious, right? It was, it was really good, but it wasn't for me. It was from the one helping me. And man, he helped me say something. Who knows who will come out of this? Who, who, who could come out of that group of 100 maybe non-born-again people in that room? How, how, who could come out? Another Billy Graham or another this person, that person, or another you, right? Who could come out of that? Well, who can come out of the situations that you find yourself in and the environment and the world that you live in that I don't live in, and you don't live in my world, I don't live in yours? Who is in your world that you're there to impact and touch and minister and let life flow out of you? I'm so grateful for the revelation of who God is and what he's done, but that revelation that now rests in my heart so that my heart doesn't have to be troubled. And when my head is troubled, the wisdom and understanding that comes to me brings this peace. So I'm going to say it again. When my heart's not troubled and my head is, what overtakes my head is the peace that he gave me. Not peace, peace I give to you, peace I brought to you, my peace I give to you, his peace. Jesus gave us his peace. Not like the world gives, it's all conditional. I give you a peace that, man, it's, it, there's, no, there's no strings attached. If you receive it, it'll work for you, and when you need it, it'll overtake you. But it's got to be established in us. And the way you establish it is just practice. Just practice hearing the voice of the Spirit, the helper of the Holy Spirit, and that peace will overtake your mind, and all of a sudden you shut those things down, and you, you, you don't have to be disrupted. I can talk to 100 people, or I can talk to 10,000 people if I have confidence in the Holy Ghost. I can do anything God says. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me to do what I'm supposed to do because He told me to do it. Holy Spirit would not empower me today to go walk on and play for the Spurs during the playoffs. Yeah, but you can do all things. No, no, no. I can do whatever he tells me I can do. He'd tell me I could do that. Sounds good. Could be exciting. Maybe I'll get a quick paycheck. Maybe they'll win the championship and I'll get a championship paycheck. Get a bunch of money. No. no it don't work that way. I can do all things he tells me I can do. That's why I got to have the helper tell me, you can do this. Okay? You can preach to this 150 people and you can bring a word that will penetrate their hearts and they'll hear born again and now they're going to want born again. The seed I sowed, it will not return void, but it will accomplish what I set it out to accomplish. Right? 
done. I don't have to fret over it. Did you get every number? We've got to call all those people. We've got to do follow-up. No. If God said, he didn't say. He said, you put faith in the seed of the word that you sowed into their lives, boom, it'll come back. It'll come back, and they'll all get born again. Somewhere. One plants, one waters. God brings the increase. Amen? The helper of the Holy Spirit. Let me end with this. What time is it? I don't know how long. Watch or anything. Ten after. Okay, two minutes. Watch what Jesus said. You've heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said I'm going to the Father for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me but that the world may know that I love the Father and as the Father gave me commandment so I do as the Father gave me commandment so I do what does the Holy Spirit the helper who, who, who is he getting information from? Father. Jesus said, everything he heard from the Father, that's what he did. That's what we're learning to do. The rest of your life should be spent learning to know what Father says about your life and what you need. Learning that and then carrying it out. He said, and doing it. I mean... There's nothing else in life. When that's top priority, everything else will flow and work out. Everything else will line up when that's top priority. Hear his voice and do what he says and watch the things that happen in your life that happened in Jesus' life. I'll tell you, the days ahead, amazing things are before the church. This is the greatest time. The harvest is ripe. People are ripe and ready. And God wants us aware, and he wants us ready. And to do that, we've got to know that the helper is with us. He's alongside of us. He's counseling us. He's our attorney. He'll fight for you. He'll do everything. He'll, he will war with you and for you if you'll do the things that he tells you. So we just have to learn to hear and learn to do. Can you say amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight.